This is Reverend Chuck Blair. Welcome to our weekly podcast on New Church Live. This, this is the launch of a new series called Simplicity. Now, we, we talked about this just a little bit with a group that gathers right before church. So I'd like you to raise your hand if you feel like you, got just, you just got too many balls in the air. How many of us struggle with that? Right? I know some of you folks are like, yes, yes, way too many balls in the air. We live in an era where we just, we have a lot of balls in the air all at one time. And, and even that, that work-life division, has it disappeared or what? Like, it's, it's gone. It's gone. Um, you know, even yesterday, like, I got a text from a parishioner, just a simple little fun text asking a question. And I got, I saw the text and I'm like instantly panicked, figuring, nobody texts a pastor at two in the afternoon with good news. You know, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy of me. I work with a lot of couples all the time. One of the things I constantly hear from young couples who are getting married, from young couples who are getting their babies baptized, beautiful baptism yesterday, and just young couples who are struggling, is, Chuck, our lives are so crazy busy. They'll stop being busy when, and then they fill in the blank. Now, what are the odds of that happening, folks? Zero. Zero. I I realize I just totally wrecked someone's Sunday. There is no magical moment where the balls are all going to rest on the ground. Well, there is, but you're not going to be there to notice it. (laughs) You know, it's, it's just life. So, so this, this series is not about like, I got 500 balls in the air. How do I cut it down to 300? Because if you cut it down to 300, next week you'll be back up to 500 because you're going to be doing 200 more things. It's about with all these balls in the air, how can we find a way, what Leanna just sang there, to find just peace where we are because we've put it where God is. Peace where we are, because we've put peace where God is. And that's that beautiful word. You know, there's some words that are just so beautiful to say. And let's just say this word together, because it's so beautiful. Could we just say shalom together? Ready? Shalom. Does that sound good or what? Does that sound like peace? You know, I like saying that word and bubblegum, two favorite words. So, so I'd like to just say it one more time. It sounded so beautiful. I'll let you say it so that the audience, the online audience hears you, not me. Ready? Shalom. Just this beautiful word of peace. So that's what we're hoping to bring today is we're, we're, we're really going to leave you with a very simple service. Now, I want to say that, that, that simple's not easy, right? It's easy to say simple things, but it's not easy to do simple things. So, so we're going to be talking about some very simple, some very sim- a very simple three-word premise. But to get at it, I want to come to this question here. What three words come to mind when you face an anxious challenge? What three words... Come to mind when you face an anxious challenge. Now, Angela's going to be around with a microphone just to get you prepped. I want you thinking about this next picture, right? Like you're in that place. You're in that place. And, and you're welcome to text me. And the online audience is welcome to text in an answer to me here to 215-740-3662. 215-740-3662. Uh, you know, or just, just put it in the chat window if you're in the online chat. And I, I think just to prep you, the three words for me is fear and, wor- and worry, fear and worry, or la, 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 you know, 
Those are my three favorite words when I'm faced with an anxious challenge. You may be far more evolved than I am, and that's fine, or more or less evolved. No swear words, by the way. But, uh, you know, what would, what would the three words be for you? Just raise your hand. Angela will be around, and you just say them right into the microphone. So could you have a couple of volunteers who'd be willing to share that with us? Not good enough. Oh, not good enough. <laughs> and isn't it funny, like, like even that answer, right? It's not, here's, here's, here's the concern, and of course we meet it with not good enough, which is not the answer at all. Good one. Next one. I can't even. I can't even. That's right. And I liked at the end of that, the sigh and the eye roll that goes with it. That is excellent. Why? Why? Just that simple why. Like, or why me? Just that simple why. Where's the chocolate? Where's the chocolate? <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I don't know what to do with that one. That's really good. That's really good. There's a whole sermon in that. Yeah, where's the chocolate? Where's the chocolate? Another one, one more out there, folks? We got one more down, down here? See what we got coming online. God help me. God help me. God help me. That's it. That's it. Just God help me, please. All right. A couple other ones we got. Help me, please. Fear, stress, loneliness. Oh no, eek. When is it over? That's a really good one. Can't do it. OMG. Those are really good folks. And that's, and that's, that's what we struggle with, right? And, and I want to leave you today with three very different words. Three different words to think about and consider when you, when you walk into these challenges. So I want to, I want to sort of set this up and, and talk a little bit about kind of, kind of bigger biblical stuff. But I'm not going to try to make this overly heady. Like I want you to, to leave here with a real simple, clear message. And, and it's interesting in the Bible, Bible has all kinds of parts to it. As the Old Testament, not everybody is Bible scholars, so, so I just want to give a little background. Old Testament is written before the life of Jesus. New Testament is written from the birth of Jesus on. So Jesus dies, people start to follow him, that, that following, which I love this phrase, love it, love it, love it, love it. They, they have this phrase that they call their group, it's called the way. That's beautiful. You know, because it was this way of living, not just a way of thinking. It was a way of living. So the way goes on, and then at about 80 AD, Christ died about at 32, 33 years old, so he died 32, 33 AD. At about 80 AD, this, this person named Paul, who had been in charge of actually persecuting Christians, long story with that I won't go into, but, but he also decides to become a follower of Christ. He starts planting churches all over the place. You know, a little new church life there, a little new church life. You know, just plants these churches all over the place. Great church planter, so to speak. And is planting a church an easy thing or a hard thing? And I'm telling you, there's only one right answer. Which one? It's hard. It is a hard thing. You know, lots of beauty, lots of grace. Oh, my goodness. It's really hard. Don't try this at home. So um, 
you know, it's hard thing in these, these churches that he starts found start going through challenges. They, they, they start to sort of lose the plot a little bit. Like, what are we really trying to do? The Romans are beating down their door. The Romans are actually starting to kill some of their members. I mean, we don't have to deal with that, but they certainly did. So there's all this worry, anxiety, concern as they're looking at this anxious future. Completely understandable as they're looking at this very anxious future. And what's fascinating is Paul starts every one of these seven letters in the exact same way. Fascinating. I'm going to tell you that that in a couple minutes here. All these worries, all these anxieties, all these concerns. Now, I want to start out by saying, when you look at the letters of Paul, like the book of Romans and and, uh, Ephesians, all these little church groups, and the, the names of it are the towns he's writing to, all these little towns he's writing to. It's, it's not that Paul necessarily, you know, from a new church angle, we don't believe he got everything right. I mean, he has stuff in here in the middle where he says, like, one thing God's going to be really annoyed at is if you wear earrings. Now, God's not annoyed if you wear earrings. All right? He just doesn't. But he has little parts like that. There's some parts of, of these letters that can come across as a little scolding. But we're asked to look at them this way. We're asked to look at them to see what the bigger truth is there and to see does this match up with what Jesus' words were and, and sort of the internal sense, the internal poetry of all of, of all of Scripture. And if it does, we can go like, yeah, that's a good thing. And there's, let me tell you, these three words are a good thing, are a good thing. I, th- I think with church, I think with church, folks, this is one of the biggest challenges I think we have, is I think in one sense, churches and letters to churches and letters about our own spiritual development, because that's what it really is. These are letters written to our spirit. It's, it's, it's a challenge in a sense because, and you, you've heard me say this a bunch, but I really believe in it to my core, to my core, is there is in a sense where Christianity is a very individual thing. Like it is up to you to live it. Like, I can't make anybody live it. Uh, you have to choose that. You have to choose, are you going to do this or that? You have to choose what spiritual disciplines work for you. Does it work for you to read the Bible every day or to, to pray every day or to serve? You know, people will find mixes of, of that that really work for them. And, and for some people, it's very much an active thing. You've heard me say this quote many times, but it's so beautiful. Abraham Joshua Hesher, walking with Martin Luther King, Selma, Alabama, said words that just ring in my life, so true. My legs were praying. Mm. Shalom. That was part of his spiritual practice. So, so the individual part is, is good. It's important to notice that. And it's, and it's a pretty simple message. This is kind of the simple message of it right here. Letter to seven churches, all in pain, anxious in one way. So he addresses something to the individual people. And you'll see that in this next picture here. Next slide, sorry. And within that pain and anxiety, how do we stay true? We stay true through this very basic message. Too hot to keep changing time, sign. Sin bad, Jesus good, details inside. Isn't that good? So... 
so, so we just see that basic, like, and that, that's, that's the, the basic thing. Like, if, if you're doing stuff that hurts other people, stop doing it. Start to follow life as best you can along the ways of Jesus and come and get some details. We'll help fill in the blanks. That's, that's good and that's healthy. That's, that's that individual piece. Like, that's that piece of going in and it's, it's kind of therapeutic Christianity. It's really healthy. It makes us, feel better, act better, live better. It's, it's really good. And yet there's this other part too, folks, that's a little more challenging. There's a message that goes in, details inside. And there's a message that's lived out. Details inside, come inside, and go out. In this church, we talk a lot about that being the breath, spiritus, breath, the wind. Goes in, comes out, just like our breathing here today. I'd ask you to think about these words, too. Part of this message that he's writing here is reminding people that we are here to do something for the world through the church. For the world through the church, for the world, through the church. And you could say synagogue, mosque, you know, Ronald McDonald House, like any of those things fit. Any of those things that, are, that capture the better angels of our nature, any of those institutions are places that are trying to do something for the world through that institution. Church is a trap if it just is that one way. Let me, let me come in and, and find private salvation here. It's, it's incredibly enlivening when you come in to church or synagogue or mosque or whatever and, and you find what is true and then you live that out there into the world. This idea that this message is that, that, that something's trying to be accomplished, something's trying to be accomplished for the world through the church. Like, I, I was just thinking, folks, and I, so if you, those of you who get our newsletter, and if you don't, and if you don't read it, shame on you, you're going to have to read from here on out. Um, I was writing this in our newsletter, like, like, so, so I don't know where those backpacks ended up, those eight backpacks that went down to the city. Don't know who they ended up with. But imagine there was one little kid who was struggling with their life and their home and their idea and the words that came to their mind where I'm not enough. Well, those are the three words. They got a backpack from people they didn't know. They had school supplies in it. Maybe someone believes. Maybe someone believes. That peace, folks, like, like for that to happen, for that, for the announcement, for the people who volunteered last week to have the church service happen, for those who volunteer time, talent, treasure, who donate online, who donate in person to, to all those same things that happened down there at St. Francis Inn, literally for that, that little backpack to get into that little person's hands to maybe make a little bit of difference. 
probably took anywhere from 40 to 400 volunteers. I don't know. That's why we need both parts. That's why we need the both and. The both the coming in and the going out. That's what Paul is talking to. That's what he's reminding people of in these beautiful letters. Now, as the band comes out for our middle song here, are you ready to hear what the three words are? All right. Here are the three words. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. When we come back, I'm going to talk about what that word grace is and a little bit more of what that word peace is. And again, think of it as the word shalom. And think of the word grace as this beautiful, beautiful, joyful, loving kindness. That Listen, folks. Listen. That's what's to start all things. That's the beginning. We're going to look at the beginning. We're going to look at the ending when I come back. You know, I... I uh, well, big hello to all the folks watching us from upstate New York and Tanchi. Hello from New Church Live. So let's just look at this word here, grace and peace, grace and peace. Throw that up against these words. Help me, please. Fear, stress, loneliness. Oh, no, eek. When it's over. And imagine we meet that as Paul is asking us to meet it with grace and peace. Just grace and peace. Grace and peace. Now, I want to look, I want to do a little bit deeper dive into what, is, what does this word grace mean? What is so amazing about grace? And, and simplicity, like how does it create more simplicity in our lives? Well, here's, the, here's some ideas with grace. You look at the word itself in Greek. It means that which gives joy, goodwill, loving kindness, gratefulness. It shares the same root. I didn't even know that until I got ready for this sermon. So literally, when we say grace, in tradition, uh, Christian tradition is to say grace, which means like to give thanks. Well, it's because of the root of the word there. That's beautiful. That which gives joy. Again, not part, partial joy, but fullness of joy. Goodwill. You know, New Church talks a lot about goodwill being the whole point, like having goodwill towards all people. It's the Christmas blessing. Loving kindness. Kindness and church, they have to go together. It is impossible if you are unkind to think that you're doing it right. And last one, gratefulness, that, that deep kind of gratefulness. So let's look at it a little bit deeper. Like kind of this is the Greek. And now from New Church Christian perspective, what is grace? And Emmanuel Swedenborg talks about grace this way. It's using the story of Noah. Ancient, ancient story. It's this ancient biblical line. Noah was the guy with the ark and the two animals. I'm not going to go into all that story, but the ark and the two animals, the flood, kids' toy, all that stuff. And, and one of the lines in the Bible is Noah found favor in Jehovah's eyes. In other words, in God's eyes. Noah was this person who was asked to build the ark and sail the ark and take these animals through. And what it says that that means in a poetic way is the Lord's mercy concerns the salvation I'm going to have you say the W word there. Concerns the salvation of the whole human race and strives towards this. His favor or grace does too. 
you know, talking with somebody be, before the service and they were talking about a, a dance party. You know, and how amazing it was to see all these people, all these different circles of all at one, all in this divine dance. The Greek word for that divine dance is perichoresis. There's your trivial pursuit word for the day. The divine dance, when we see that dance, and we see that dance just continuing to circle and to include more and more, that's grace. That's grace. When someone extended a hand of grace to you, weren't they really saying you belong? You're part of us? Part of the way the world can work this salvation on the whole human race. And it's this, it's this very, I love the idea of that we get the very personal that becomes the very universal. It's, it's not just kind of airy fairy out there. It's no like, we need to practice this. You need to practice it. That's what it means to be graceful. To be graceful. I will never be graceful. I will never dance on stage. But I think we all can be graceful. Filled with that joy, that loving kindness, that, that generosity of heart, that gratitude. I think we all can be those things. And one of the really beautiful parts about that, folks, I think, as he's writing about this, as we're talking about salvation for the whole human race, is this idea. The wish for grace before peace. Come say the B word there. The wish for grace and peace comes before judgment. It, it predates, it predates in this book anything else. Like, there are these parts where Paul says stuff like, don't wear earrings. Crazy he said that, but, you know, don't wear earrings. Well, you could look at that and, and focus on that. And I'm saying, no, don't focus on that. Focus on this wish here for grace and peace. Because when we learn to extend grace out there into the world, we learn very powerfully to extend forgiveness out there into the world. A little aside, so much of heaven, so much of the next life is reuniting with stuff. Reuniting with loved ones, those beloved in our lives. Reunited with all the positive feelings and emotions that we have. And here's the bad news. Reuniting with all the hard stuff, too. All the weighty stuff. Why? So you can let it go. So you can actually hold it with grace and with forgiveness. Now, how, how is it that we do that? How does that actually look? Well, take a look at this line. Sins are not washed away. They are put aside. We are held back from doing them when we are kept focused by the Lord on doing what is good. When we focus on the doing, that is what matters. That's where grace starts to come forward. That's, that's, that's again, that, that message both of coming in and going out. It's got to have both those parts to it. That's where the ripples start to work. Anne Lamott, a wonderful Christian author, said this about grace, and I think it's very true. She said, I do not understand the mystery of grace, only that it meets us where we are and does not leave us where it found us. 
does not leave us where it found us. So let's think about that for a second, all right? I'm going to actually have you live a little story here, if that's okay with you. Please all say yes. Yes, all right. So let's stand up for a second here, all right? Now, this is, this is going to be corny. Can I be corny for five minutes, please? Please? All right, all right. So, so scooch either to the left or to the right. Scooch one step to the left or to the right. All right? Now, I want you to use your body language, even if you're watching up in Taunchy, New York. I want you to use your body language like you're scooching back into a way too cramped airline seat that you paid way too much money for and you're not sure you like the person beside you. All right? So, like, scooch back into that. All right? And now sit down in that awkward way we all sit down with in plane. Sit down as awkwardly as you can. Are we ready? Yeah, way, way, way too little space. And then they give you the, the tray table that's like, how many of us have flown Frontier Air? Like, it's like the size of a small iPhone. So anyways, we're all, we're all cramped on this flight, you know, all this stuff going around. Grace finds us where we are, but it doesn't leave us there. So you're sitting on a cramped flight like that, and you notice across the aisle, there's a young man and an old woman. And she's anxious. Her family, it turns out, has paid to fly her out. She's, she's struggling with kind of like keeping track of everything. Uh, airlines can be, very, can be very hard. It can be very, very hard to fly. And she's anxious. And you're kind of listening into the conversation. And you see her lean over to the man, young man beside her. And you hear her say to him, son, could I hold your hand while we take off? And you decide to capture a little picture of it. That, my friends, is grace. That's what it means to extend grace and peace. It's simple, not always easy. But it's how the world begins in some way to change. An aside that maybe is not so much an aside around grace and peace. Yesterday, you know, my own life was struggling with some stuff, just stuff going through my head that was hard. And went out and was listening to a podcast, and, and the, the podcast said something really profound. And I think it connects with grace and peace. The only way we can really love people is to love them exactly where they are as they are to love them where they are, as they are. Because I was caught in a bit of this idea that, that I could only love this person if they were somehow different than the place where they were. This part I don't understand. I think it's probably easier for that gentleman to hold that old woman's hand than it would be for me to hold my own mother's hand, if I'm honest. I'd be like, Mom, you're fine. But that's not what he said. 
grace, and peace. That's what he did. That idea of, of grace and peace, of love showing up exactly where we are and exactly as they are, that's, that's that bit, folks. It goes back to the, the announcements. That's that understanding God has you in the world you are to heal. How do we bring grace and peace there? And we're not holding it for some long-off day, believing that I'll be able to exercise grace and peace over here somewhere. That's transactional love. This is transformative love. That's where we find, I think, simple simplicity. Like just the simplicity of life, of just grace and peace. Here's this hard situation. Grace and peace. Here's this feeling of being overwhelmed. Grace and peace. Here's this whatever. And the three words I'm going to say this week, I'm going to cue you on this. The three words I'm going to say this week are... Grace and peace. Grace and peace. Love and kindness and shalom in lives that are way too busy and way too complicated. And then you have to love as well the way that it closes. All these books close the same way. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. That's beautiful. Every one of these letters. You know, new church services, I grew up hearing this as the last line. Now I get why. Getting ready for this sermon. So my friends, make this a week of grace and peace. And may the grace of the Lord God, Savior, Jesus Christ, be with us all. And all God's people said, Amen. All right, folks. Please join me for a final prayer. And after the final prayer, you'll have a chance to say the Lord's Prayer as you know it, to have a moment of quiet reflection, or to have your own silent prayer. And a final reminder again, next week, back to school blessing. So please bring guests, bring family. It's going to be a great week. Join me in prayer. Lord, thank you for your presence here today. Thank you for your grace and your peace that is so much part of the people of this congregation. Lord, whether people are watching us online or here in person, let us just carry those three simple words of grace and peace with us in lives that are way too busy, but in lives where we can find simplicity, a new simplicity, the simplicity of grace the simplicity of your way and your will and your love and your care. Be with us, Lord, in the week ahead. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, as we say, be with us all. Amen.
Thank you for listening. You can support this podcast at www.newchurchlive.tv.